I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast. Apologies for the lack of production quality in this today. Um, I'm coming to you alone uh, <laughs> for this one. And to be honest, which is probably better because we're not going to be here very, very long. I'm actually on holiday at the moment, uh, taking a little staycation here in Ireland. And I've gotten to, away to a place where there was more or less zero internet. And I found internet to watch that game, the United and Villa game, which is just finished. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'm... I'm, I'm questioning why. Uh, started off very well. Uh, I think that the, the team performed pretty well. The first 25, 26 minutes, I think we performed really well. And uh, I kind of lost the will to live once that penalty was given. You could just see it was going to happen. Bruno Fernandes obviously stops the ball on the edge of the area, jumps into the area. Um, Ezri Kanza, who wasn't making any forward momentum, it's quite clear. Uh, he wasn't making any more forward momentum. Bruno Fernandez jumps into him, rakes down against his shin, and gets a penalty for it. It's 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 a bizarre, bizarre, bizarre penalty for me. Um, I think in the moment when it was shown, uh, potentially yes, you could have convinced yourself it was, but we've got VAR for any issues. Like that was a game-changing issue. VAR then decided it was a penalty, and for me that is mind-blowing. He stops the ball. You can clearly see that Ezri Kanza's momentum has stopped as well. And then Bruno Fernandes jumps into him and then it's a penalty. for It's it's disgraceful. I, I genuinely believe that was a disgraceful, disgraceful penalty, which changed the game. Once again, VAR has changed the game. It doesn't help us. Yes, we did get our technical malfunction. 
against uh, Sheffield United. And this is this is something that pissed me off as well because for about a week, maybe ten days, I had people ram at me, ram down my fucking throat as well as an Aston Villa fan. Oh, but if that's the point that keeps you up, it's bad luck for you, you know, and everyone's gonna hate you because that point we didn't cheat to get that point. Aston Villa didn't cheat to get that point. Leeds fans were coming at us saying saying stuff like, Oh well we gave you a goal, why couldn't you give Sheffield United a goal? We didn't know it had gone over the gone over the, the line. We but the half time we did, but in the immediate aftermath, we didn't cheat to get that point. It was a malfunction of the system. It was a malfunction of the system. So Aaron Nyland grabs the ball. Yes, it was behind the line. And then he walks back out with it. But he wasn't to know that it was fully behind the line. Anyway, that's beside the point. That's beside the point. I'm sure people out there would say, I'll oh, go away with your current blue glass. And that's fucking fine. I don't care. But it, that's what breaks my fucking heart is that, and sorry for swearing an awful lot, because it's really frustrating. But the biggest thing for me is that in this instance here, Bruno Fernandes buys that penalty by cheating. I'm sorry, but it was like it was. It was he bought that penalty by cheating, and and look, yes, we can. You could say Villa could have done that too. Well, then in the box, the ball comes across to Samata in like the sixty-something minute. Maybe maybe it might have been earlier. Maybe it might have still been actually in the first half. No, it wasn't. It was the second half. Ball comes across to Samata. Harry. Uh, Maguire puts an arm out, catches him in around the neck, Samata falls down, get up. Not even a look at it from VAR. I'm not saying that that was a penalty. In fact, actually, I don't think that that was a penalty. But for me, that is an absolute ball breaker because it's just... And we were beaten at that stage. Like, don't get me wrong. When once Mason... Well, once the penalty is scored, we're beaten. But once Mason Greenwood's goal which was a cracker, to be honest with you. But I've got problems with that as well, and we will talk about that in a moment. Once Greenwood's goal goes in, we were absolutely beaten. And that's this is why I'm in such a bad, such foul form, and that's why I'm swearing a lot. And I do apologise. If there are any children around that are watching this, I do apologise to any of their guardians. Because um, this isn't... I do swear a bit, but I don't hopefully swear this much <laughs> by design. So the first goal really, really annoyed me. It's, it really did. I got two or three messages from cousins of mine at Sport United and friends of mine at Sport United saying, Villa, get a point out of this. They were, we were frustrating their fans. They were getting impatient. And then they get a penalty like this. And lest we forget, the Trezeguet hits the post only 90 seconds before that. They come down the field goal. Really frustrating. Typical Aston Villa. Typical Aston Villa. No matter who the players are, no matter who the manager is, but once we play Manchester United, we will have ill fortune. It's as simple as that. Ill fortune is what I would call it. It's the second goal. We get to the second goal. Just before half time, prime, we're always prime to, to concede at that stage. And we do concede. We concede. I would say, of all the teams in the Premier League, and I would love if anybody had the statistics out there, please hit me up. Because if anybody has the statistic out there that we'll be able to say, to tell me how many goals since the Premier League has started, or even even in the last 20 years, that Aston Villa have conceded five minutes before halftime, five minutes after time, or five minutes five minutes after halftime, or five minutes before the before full time. I would say we must have the most late goals or lapses uh, before a break in play uh, of anybody in the whole Premier League. And it happened again. And it happened from somebody who since 
the lockdown has stopped, or since the, not the lockdown, since the league has resumed, has been utterly poor. Supposed leader within the team. And my God, I can't, I can't understand how easily he was pushed off the ball here. He's been poor. Tyrone Minks has been poor since we returned. And I think it's okay to say that. I think it's okay to say that. I think he's a good player. But I think he's been poor since we returned. And he looked ill. He looks ill-prepared uh, when he goes out in that field. And that isn't a Dean Smith thing. What happened to him today getting wrestled off the ball? That isn't a Dean Smith thing. That isn't the John Terry thing. And I'm not Terry's biggest fan. That's a Tyrone Mings thing. That's a disgrace. He, he's able to put his foot through that ball, put it into, into the proverbial rosette. What's he do? I don't even know what he's trying to do in the middle of the centre circle. I have no clue. He gets dispossessed and then it runs on to Mason Greenwood. You know, he was powder puff. I was incredulous to that goal. I was actually incensed because that shows to me a man who's soft in the centre. He's supposed to be our leader. He's supposed to be a leader in our team. After Jack Grealish, he's supposed to be a leader in the team. A colossus at centre-half. An England international. And he makes an absolute, disgraceful, schoolboy, stupid, powder puff, needless error. He's chiseled like a Greek god. He doesn't need to be pushed off the ball there. You know, he's a good player. He's better than that. He's much better than that. He's much, much, much better than that. He is a, he's, he's a captain international. You know, so that's why I'm coming down a bit harder on him. Because you expect players to be better. Better than that. You expect an England international to be better than that. You just do. You see Courtney Howes beside him. Courtney Howes beside him has, since, since the return of, uh, of the league, he's been our best defender. No shadow of doubt about it. He's been head and shoulders above above Tyrone Mings. Mings' positioning has been wrong. He hasn't been strong in the tackle. He's kicked balls out over, over the line. His distribution has been poor since he's come back. Has his head been turned? I don't know. I don't like that, actually. His head been turned. I want to retract that because, actually, I don't, I don't think that is the case. I just, I just don't know what's the story. He's just been disinterested almost. Two lackadaisical since he's come back. Courtney House hasn't. Courtney House has grabbed his brass ring and he's he's been one of our better defenders. Thought he was fantastic for a lot of a lot of parts tonight. And you, you people will blame him because he came from Wolves and that he's gonna have that stigma around him. But that's I, I don't see it. I, I think Courtney House has been fantastic. He's been brilliant since we've come back. Neil Taylor was okay tonight again. Ezra Conza, I think, was okay. Bar the bar that penalty which I've already had my say on. I think Hans has been pretty good. We move on to midfield. Let's take a look at it. Actually, we'll go backwards. We'll go back to the goalkeeper. Third goal for Pogba. He was unsighted. That's okay. Couldn't do anything for the penalty. Distribution was okay again. Managed corners well. Made a couple of good saves. Don't think there was anything wrong with Rainer tonight. Performed okay. On to midfield. John McGinn. Okay. Is all I would say. Thought he ran into trouble an awful lot. Couldn't get out of trouble. Ran into it. Douglas Louise was okay. Barra passing the ball. <laughs> trying to pass the ball backwards to our uh, left back. And then passed it out for a corner. By that, he was okay. okay. And when I say okay, could, like when he got in the ball, he could have done a small bit more. But I think that's, that could be said of everybody. Jack Grealish was decidedly poor. 
kicked around the place. I thought uh, he was kicked around the place again. What's new? Um, went out into the left and kind of hid there a small little bit. Didn't like that. Don't like that. Never like that. Seeing him move out onto the left, it just isn't the thing for him. Substitutions that came in, Conor Horan looked. He didn't have enough time really to get on the ball. He, he had a header at the back post. Um, he had a chance to have a shot, just didn't work. Our only shot on target was John McGinn, a little kind of a squirter of an effort from about 25 yards out. That was our only effort on target. Marvellous and Campbell came on as well. One time he picked the ball up, he was maybe about 15 yards inside their area. He ran backwards, he ended up passing it back to our centre half. I think that's more or less what he did. And that's not to say he didn't have enough time on to do anything. We were 3-0 down. We were literally watching them pass the ball around in front of our back four at that stage. Brings on Indiana Vasilev, puts him in. I don't know. That's where I'm going to say that's the position he put him in. You know? Um, Keenan Davis comes on. I think Keenan Davis should have started. Samata was absolutely rubbish. Um, by his standards... I expect to see an awful lot more of him. Actually, that's a small bit unfair as well on Samata. And it's okay to say that. It's okay to, okay to retract your, your, your initial thoughts. Samata was, was, was okay. Um, it wasn't a game for him. If there was a game to play two up top, this was it. Keenan Davis could have ran ragged with uh, Harry Maguire and, and Lindelof. They didn't, they didn't have a hand laid in them all game. Really didn't. Never glove laid in them. If it was a boxing match, they would have just held the middle of the ring. Would have been fine. That's all they had to do. Samata got got uh, bundled into the back three, four, five times. Won a couple of frees. A couple of ones he didn't win. Had to drop deep to get the ball. There was balls lumped up to Mings. Mings lumping balls up in the air. And, and Harry Maguire is about a foot in him. Just like simple little things like that. It just wasn't good enough. We were once the goal went in, we were we were let down. Well, we let the head heads down, should I say? Uh, there seemed to be a bit of a lot of animation on the sideline. Uh, it took Dean Smith a long time to get over uh, the con- concession of that that penalty. Um, like ten minutes later, he was still incredulous at it, which she was right to be because it wasn't a penalty for me. And that's with my Clarence blue glasses on. I don't care if, if you think it was it was it was fine, but look. It's no matter what way you look at it. I do know it's marginal. I can understand why it was given. But when you've got VAR and you look back at it, the facts are there that he jumped into our player. Our player's momentum had stopped and he jumped into it and that completely changes the game. So Dean Smith still has, was still in a bit of a blind rage. His substitutions were a bit slow today. But we didn't lose this game because of Dean Smith. We certainly didn't lose this game because of Dean Smith. We We didn't get a goal maybe I think or we didn't show a small bit of fight maybe because of Dean Smith but that was once we went you know 2-0 down at half time was the time I think to make changes potentially but at that stage we were dead and buried two goals down dead and buried I'm okay with him not making changes and stuff like that after the first goal goes in the second goal goes in is just before half time I'm okay at that after that the reaction was slow the reaction was slow uh, in the second half, we had nothing to lose. They talk about goal. I've I've spoken about goal difference, and I think the fact that uh, you know we were two 0 down, we could have thrown caution to the wind and maybe gotten one one goal or something along those lines. But it was a small bit slow. Um, but it certainly wasn't Dean Smith's fault. 
that we lost that game today because I think we set up well in the first 25 minutes showed it. We dropped our heads after the penalty. And that's the way it is. You know, that's the way it goes. Man United have had 13 penalties this, this year. It's the most of any team, joint most of any team ever in the Premier League era. And why is it that? Why is that? Because of VAR. Because of VAR. Anyway, guys, I, I, I don't want to stay on too long. As I say, this is a unedited um, thoughts directly from my mind, directly after the game. I'm here in a holiday home in the middle of nowhere, right beside the beach. I know I'm going to wake up tomorrow with a fresh head. I'm going to go down for a fresh swim, and I'm going to look forward again to Crystal Palace. As I've always said, Aston Villa losing tonight will stress me out for an hour after the game. And then it's back to think and to hope that Villa will win at the weekend against Crystal Palace. And they may win again at the weekend against Crystal Palace, and we may put ourselves in a decent position to stay up. I'm just frustrated with this game. I've said a couple of things about players tonight. I think they had poor games. I still believe in every single one of these players to win games and that they are good players and that we can get something of it. I think this league, this 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 league in general and this, this season is is difficult. I think it's shit. And I think it's I, I think it's just it's something so 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 surreal for a lot of these players. But that look, other players co- are coping with it better than we are. I think that's to do with the position we're in and the fact that our, our squad depth is so, so, so poor. But that's probably for another podcast. Anyway, thanks very much, everybody, for following. I have changed my Twitter handle. You see, you won't, might notice it, but if you're asking anybody to follow, they can follow us at Love McGrath Pod. Love McGrath Pod. I think it runs off the tongue a small bit better than Mac for the Love of. So Mac for the Love of is dead. I've changed it to at Love McGrath Pod. You'll be able to find us there. We're also on Facebook, guys. Please, I would really appreciate it if you share this around. Um, if you see any of my stuff up on Twitter, if you could retweet it uh, with a comment and just basically say anything, you know, good pod, shit pod, whatever. I don't really mind. Whatever, overly optimistic, can't understand him, whatever. I would absolutely really appreciate it. You can follow Paddy, my normal co-host, who will be back soon once I come back from vacation. Paddy will be back with me. Um, and he is at Villa Paddy. Here's looking forward to Sunday. Here's looking forward to a win on Sunday. And here's looking forward to seeing a small bit more fight. Up to Villa, everybody. And have a good next few days. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.